So what a conversation with Chris. Always love catching up with him. Now, that evening, Chris gave an absolute masterclass in emotional control. And he gave us some insight in, into that there. And I want to go into a bit more depth in terms of what I mean by this. It's an area that's going to come up again and again in the conversations on this podcast. So I want to give you some base level introduction to what elite psychology looks like so you can extract more and more value moving forward. Plus, everyone everywhere talks about how important mindset is. There's very little information out there. And well, what do we actually mean by that? And how do we actually go to work on our psychology? There's no doubt that Chris's ability to master his own mind had an enormous role on his ability to win that world title. He demonstrated phenomenal emotional control. And that brings that first question up. What is emotional control and how do we define it? So for me, I'm looking at the ability to monitor, evaluate, and modify your emotional reactions to the ever-changing demands that life and elite performance brings. Elite performance without pressure, forget it. There is no such thing. The two are inseparable. If you want to excel, pressure is inevitable. Perhaps the most unique characteristic of the elite is that when the going gets tough, outlier performers flick the switch, regulate their emotion, and fight the urge to panic. They emerge from crisis triumphant, stronger than when they went in. To perform when it counts is the measure of elite performance. 10 years of work can come down to 10 crucial seconds, whether it's cup finals, major tournaments, product launches, television, uh, the leading role or final exams. We may have spent months getting to that point, but ultimately we're going to be judged on our ability to deliver that single performance. Few of us have experienced boxing in a world title fight, built a billion dollar company or flown fighter jets. But we can all relate to choking under pressure. Everyone listening from school, student to professor, from novice to Olympian, graduate to CEO, one time or another has choked under pressure. When the stakes are high, sometimes the only thing we can do effectively is hit the self-destruct button. And the way our mind can commit acts of mutiny against us can be an infuriating experience not only that too many of us experience frustration over not performing the way we know we're truly capable of the pressure isn't the problem it's how we react to it that can be do you stay calm and collected like chris or do you start to overthink your performance and capitulate now the fact is that when the stakes are high one of the biggest risks for any team or individual is that we bottle it and you cannot simply train harder to prevent it. At this point, it's time to deliver on all your potential and demonstrate all the skill you've acquired when it matters most, on demand and under pressure. Not everybody can. It doesn't matter that you have a 100% success rate scoring penalties in practice. The only thing that counts is you score that one single penalty in extra time or the World Cup final against the Germans. Luckily, emotional control is a skill, and like any skill, it can be developed with the right strategy and effort. Now, this all starts with understanding what goes on behind your eyes that causes you to perform so poorly or so well. If you don't know how your brain works, it's only natural to feel like the victim when negative emotions strike, and that's what I want to talk to you about. Now, the tool I'm going to introduce you to 
is the best way I know how to upskill people into the basics of performance or performance psychology and emotional control. And this model is adapted from the famous circumplex model of emotion. And I want you to imagine a circle separated into four zones with a horizontal axis that dictates the quality of your emotions, uh, left side negative, right side positive, and a vertical axis that dictates your output and focus of energy. So at the bottom being low output, low focus, and at the top being high output, high focus. The four zones, now at any point in time, you'll find yourself in one. And I've color coded them. So we're talking blue, red, black, and green. Only one is optimal for performance. Each zone has a unique inbuilt psychological and biological function that dictates how you think, how you feel, how you act, and ultimately how you perform. Now, in terms of using this barometer, you can use it to check in in acute situations like during a game, a working day, or series of games. You can also check in chronologically across tournaments, seasons, and careers. So first up, blue head. Now, when it's time to compete or perform, your number one aim is to be in top right. You want a high output of energy, laser focused on the task at hand, and you want to be feeling good about it. Psychologists will call this flow. Athletes call it the zone. I call it blue head. And when you're in blue head, you just know there's this lightness and energy that radiates through your body and you're totally locked into the moment. For Chris, the sort of distant, unfocused gaze, crisp nod and glint in his eye said it all. Adjectives that might describe how you might feel in here are excited, confident, motivated, among others. Or as uh, one outlier put it best to me, I feel like a god in here. Now, the blue zone represents the grace of elite performance. Your presence in blue head is exclusively in the here and now. There's zero worrying about the past or anxiety about the future. If you're like me, you're going to dream about these moments. This, for me, is the true thrill of excellence. And blue zone is so powerful because it prompts the secretion of six neurochemicals that drive elite performance. We've got norepinephrine, dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, anandamide, and oxytocin. They release in perfect symphony, right sequence, right concentration, right time. Bluehead is no accident. There's an evolutionary mechanism behind this chemical symphony of indestructibility and flow, and it's called broaden and build theory. The super six neurochemicals not only make you feel good, but they narrow that focus to the task at hand. They accelerate your ability to think quick. They make you more skilled in complex analysis and enhance your ability to see and invent new ways of doing things. Um, it also enhances your ability to acquire skill and maximizes the resources around you and develop innovative solutions to overcome challenges that present, shifting the baseline of your capabilities. And it's for this reason that Blue Zone is where all the magic happens. It's the total opposite of the fight, flight, or freeze response that gets uh, way too much airtime. Now, here's the crucial thing. In blue head, your blood flow is locked into your unconscious brain. Your unconscious brain is the source from which peak performance flows. 
Your skills are stored in your brain as mental structures. They're like spider's webs of knowledge that you can literally see on uh, what very expensive scans of your brain. Your unconscious brain is where these mental structures or skills are stored for automatic and rapid deployment. Chris's unconscious brain automatically computes the angles of a Coley's shots, calculating the most promising options to execute the counterpunch with the precision and power, which resulted in that beautiful left hook in the fourth round. All elite skill execution is an unconscious process. It occurs automatically when your unconscious brain is in the driving seat. In live performance, situations unfold so fast, there is zero time for analysis. And luckily for you, your unconscious brain already knows what to do. Then from time to time, elite performance requires some conscious thinking, like when Chris and his coach Shane would analyze his opponent, Lawrence, between rounds using facts and logic. This is where your frontal brain comes in. In the event that any challenges appear that require some conscious thought, your frontal brain, the default backup in elite performance, wakes up and takes over control from your unconscious brain. Now, when you're thinking in a calm, rational, controlled manner, your frontal brain is in control. Your frontal brain is that part of you that you think you think with when you're thinking, if that makes any sense. It's like the CEO of your life, the part of you that thinks about what you're doing before you do it. It's right with common sense, interpreting information based on objective data in search of the truth, which in turn leads to informing a plan. Now, when in control, you stick to the plan. You make calm, informed, rational decisions, just like Chris did in those first few rounds, where he was happy to concede a few of them in as part of the sort of conscious, intentional plan. That's all frontal brain work. Now, crucially, my primary aim for any individual or organization I'm working with is that when it's time to train or compete, they have the capacity or know-how to flick the switch and plug into Bluehead, just like Chris did. Now, when we talk about psychological skills training and psychological capacity, there's three core skills. And this one's that first one, that ability to switch on when it's time to compete on demand and under pressure, just like Chris did, as we've discussed. And then here's what happens next. Enter redhead. So you're up in blue head, all's going well. And then whack, you get this metaphorical kick in the pants. This could be one of a thousand things, a bad call from the ref, market crashing, sight of the audience, bullets cracking and thumping past your skull. Whenever you perceive the demands placed upon you to outweigh your perceptions of your capacity to deal with those demands, your emotional brain triggers stress and sends you into redhead. The color red is associated with threat, fear and danger. Terms like red mist, redlining, and seeing red represent anger, shock, and frustration. It's the precise opposite of blue head. You'll generally see flaring nostrils, sweeping arms, and sharp gestures that say it all. In redhead, you run too hot, burn up, become overwhelmed, and tense. Your emotional engine is metaphorically smoking. Your perception's slow. The game starts to run away from you. Your decision-making becomes rushed and irrational, and you're close to meltdown. And this is kind of what we saw start happening to Lawrence Acoli in that fight more and more as the fight went on and Chris seized control. Now, when stress hits, 
your emotional brain will always act first. Your heart will begin to pound, your teeth will grind, your body will tense up. Your emotional brain is way more powerful and reacts way faster than your unconscious or frontal brain. And in effect, you trade out your steely blue head for a red-headed uh, emotional freak out. Now, from a hormonal perspective, you trade in the super six high performance neurochemicals for the frustrating three stress hormones, cortisol, adrenaline, and noradrenaline. When these flood your body, the power supply is pulled from your unconscious and frontal brain, forcing them to shut down. Now, your emotional brain, the real culprit, is in the driving seat. It's, in effect, the do-it-yourself lobotomy. It's your emotional brain that blurts out drivel while your frontal brain is left thinking, why the hell did I just say that? Anytime you have irrational thoughts or feelings, your emotional brain is running the show. Here's the absolute killer, though. When the switch that channels the power supply to your emotional brain is left on, you lose access to all your skill and ability. You spent years encoding in the unconscious part of your brain your advanced mental structures. Unconscious skill execution stops, logical thinking stops, and the skill breaks down completely, causing you to choke. Your talent disappears, you temporarily become a novice again. And the worst part about choking is that it tends to spiral. As you fixate on worst case scenarios, adrenaline shoots through you, ramps up, and you second guess skills that have been honed through years of practice. This is exactly what happens when we see the golfer choke on the 18th hole. Um, they start to perceive the threat, whether it's the crowd, media, realization they might actually achieve their dream. They start to make the event bigger than the moment and they choke. They lose access to all those skills stored in their unconscious brain and a shot that they could hit blindfolded in blue head becomes impossible in redhead. Now, our emotional brain has evolved over millions of years as a survival mechanism, and the primary purpose is to keep us alive. For our caveman ancestors, failure meant death, whether that was escaping giant bears, African crowned eagles, saber-toothed tigers, or failing to be uh, accepted by the tribe or to propagate the species. Whatever it was, your emotional brain alerted you to that danger. And this is why it evolves such a heightened sensitivity to threat and such an enormous capacity for negative emotion over three times the intensity of positive. We call this loss aversion bias, and it's why we fear losing the game, the pitch, capital, three times more intensely than we appreciate winning it. Now, on a kind of important side note, spending time in Redhead is not just to the detriment of your performance, but you could argue more importantly to your health. Most of the time, the event uh, you initially anticipate that sends you into Redhead never materializes. But consequently, the stress hormones, adrenaline, cortisol, and noradrenaline continue to circulate after redlining for prolonged periods. And they are linked to virtually every major disease known to man. Not only that, because energy is contagious, living in the cortisol-fueled redhead can be very costly to those you care for, compete with, and lead, your teammates and family, and that of those you serve, so the defendant, hostage, or customer, investor, amongst others. And this is why my second focus, and the focus of any leader or performer, 
in terms of optimizing performance, should be ensuring that when Redhead inevitably strikes, which it will from time to time, that the performer or the organization is equipped to identify it fast and then has the capability to flick the control switch and bounce back into Bluehead as soon as possible. So back to that psychological skills and what does it tangibly look like? Well, if the first skill is that ability to, to switch on, the second is that ability to hit the control switch when Redhead inevitably strikes. Spend too much time in Redhead and eventually you'll burn out. Um, the brain and body can become so drained and toxic, they just collapse. Here, there's no energy left, no focus, and you feel really bad. You, you can't perform in this zone. When you're unable to detoxify after a stressful event and are then exposed to more and more stress, your brain and body will eventually break down and burn out. The vacant stares, slack expressions, bent neck sort of says it all. The emotions that engulf us in this zone are helplessness, hopelessness, detachment, misery. Um, you're going to lose interest, isolate, withdraw from responsibilities, um, excessively procrastinate, feel like you failed, doubt yourself and your role in life. And you are going to be riddled with anxiety and neurosis about things that would never previously trouble you. In here, you probably feel overworked, undervalued, apathetic, and you'll struggle to see hope of change. Now, the symptoms in here are pathological at this point. So we're talking strokes, heart attacks, high blood pressure, anxiety, depression, sleep disorders, thyroid shutdown, migraines, and autoimmune disease. The thing with this one is blackhead doesn't just hit you like the kick in the pants redhead delivers you don't suddenly wake up one morning and and sort of think oh i feel burnt out instead it's insidious it creeps up on you over time and this can make awareness challenging now both professional and lifestyle challenges can produce burnout professional causes tend to revolve around lack of concordance with or little or no control over your work no routine, experience a lack of recognition, unclear expectations, performing monotonous work, a serious lack of challenge, or operating in unrelenting chaos. Uh, lifestyle causes of burnout can include lack of recovery, so sleep, nutrition, hydration, change, holiday, lack of close supportive relationships, taking on too much, not asking for help, and an inability to say no. The good news is, that through simply reversing these conditions, you can immediately begin the recovery process. Too many consecutive days trapped in here means it's time to take action. This is a completely reversible state. The trouble is that when we're in the darkness, there is blackhead. It's hard to see the way out. You need to call a timeout and tell someone you trust. Now, we must limit redhead to avoid blackhead. But the pressing question now becomes, well, how do we prevent this? And the short answer is by flicking the off switch. Enter Greenhead. The off switch, when flicked, moves you straight into Greenhead, bottom right. Now, Greenhead is not only the antidote to red and black, it's where you sharpen the axe. It's the zone of restoration, recovery, rejuvenation, and most importantly, growth. Green zone is where you renew and expand your capacity to meet the demands performance or life imposed on you for some it's going to be a siesta in the sun for other it's it's watching game of thrones on the sofa 
uh, others laughing and joking with friends or family. There's a million and one ways we can do this. But the emotions that we're after that characterize this zone include serenity, contentment, and peace. The only rule is not being allowed out of first gear mentally or emotionally and potentially physically if you're an athlete. You're not focusing on anything and you feel relaxed. To increase your capacity to handle stress, you need to expose yourself to the demands of life performance, be it physical, mental, or emotional. This exposure is your brain and body's stimulus to adapt to a superior level. It triggers all the physical and psychological adaptations that result in growth. But growth itself does not occur in the training room, on the pitch, or in the boardroom. You can only expand your ability in green zone. It's in this recovery zone that we actually adapt and improve. This is the other side of competing and training, and elite performers know this. We call this process supercompensation, defined as the adaptations that result in advanced abilities that can only be achieved through rest. Your growth will always be proportionate to the quantity and quality of your recovery. And that's why my third aim is that the second the performer is no longer competing or training, we need to get them straight into green zone to maximize the quality and quantity of their recovery. So in terms of those three psychological capacities, that ability to flick the switch when it's time to compete and perform and access blue head, that ability to hit the control switch and bounce back when redhead inevitably strikes. The third one is this ability to flick the off switch when it's time to rest and recover. A massive part of optimizing performance is about finding the correct balance between performing work like blue head and a bit of red of course and recovering from that work which is very much green head switching on blue head when it's time to compete and train or flicking the control switch when you're shunted into red head or engaging the off switch to access green head is what emotional control is all about this is what outlier performers like chris do best Chris hit the control switch exceptionally well when hit with challenges like his mother's diagnosis or falling ill the week of the fight. Simultaneously, he was able to flick the off switch throughout his training camp to supercompensate from his hard training. And ultimately, he was able to get bang in top right, flicking that on switch to deliver on fight night. With this level of emotional control, successful performance becomes a series of exciting, explosive bouts of training and competition interspersed with enjoyable periods of rest and recovery. The oscillation between blue and green head. In elite performance, the difference in ability is so, so tight at the top level. And it often comes down to who can do this best Yet still, so many organizations fail to psychologically prepare their performers in this mental aspect as much as they might do a technical or physical skill. And I think they're missing an enormous trick here. There is so much you can do to build these three crucial psychological skills, and it's a huge part of what the mindset app's about. But if you are someone who struggles to manage your emotions, it's probably not because of insufficient willpower, discipline, or even knowledge. Most likely, it's because you've probably never really taken the time to reflect on how your thoughts and actions impact how you feel and perform, let alone to perfect the routines that run you all day. And we'll explore how to do all of this as the podcast unfolds. 
We know that performance is never a coincidence. You can use intentional intervention to build out personalized routines, just like Chris has, that become switches to flick when the moment requires. This puts you in the driver's seat when it comes to managing your emotions and optimizing your performance. Now, some immediate areas to focus on include reflection questions. Like first up, what takes you into redhead? Can you stop it? Is there a commute you can alter, a person you can stop spending time with, or a habit you can break? Then what takes you into green? And can you schedule more of it? Is there an activity you enjoy, a person you like spending time with, a place you enjoy going? When was the last time you specifically scheduled time for relaxation and recovery? Three, when are you in bluehead? What were you doing? What was unique about that moment? Can you do more of it? What tasks take you there? What responsibilities do you thrive on? And what people bring this out in you? Engage in more of that. And four, when in black, and I hope you don't get there, but who are you going to let know? Friend, coach, colleague, family member. But make sure you've got someone front and center that you're happy to speak to if that situation arises. Now, I hope this barometer gives you some context of what elite emotional control looks like. And we'll certainly dive deeper into the more specifics of how we engage and flick these switches as the podcast unfolds. My favorite thing about the barometer is that it demystifies our emotions and provides a platform for common language or for group conversation. And the colors uh, in the barometer have a specific purpose. They form a shared performance language, like all shared languages, enables us to connect and communicate in this area better. You can use this code to inform a teammate that they are redlining or to reinforce through reward a performer who stays blue under pressure, just like a coach might reinforce a technical skill perform well, or by just saying, I'm in red at the moment. Everyone's clear on where you are emotionally and can then assist you to flick the switch. This is going to be a massive area we focus on as the podcast progresses. And if you want to get stuck in and immediately start to develop these three crucial skills, there's plenty of emotional control training exercises on the Mindset app, which you can find a link to in the description. You'll also find guided performance routines for the on, control and off switch. I want to say a massive thank you to Chris. I'm always inspired and pumped after speaking with you, mate keep up the good work. I, th I know this uh, world title is just, just the beginning. Speak soon.